Hey y'all, welcome to Poetry for Black Girls, a conversation where we discuss poetry, healing, and everyday tips that you can incorporate into your life to make life a little less stressful. I am your host, Angelina, a licensed social worker and a black girl. Here we go. Hey y'all, welcome back. On this week's episode, I wanted to talk to y'all about a book that I've been listening to called Codependency No More. Um, I love a good book read on some mental health and some self-care. Uh, I have had different episodes on the podcast before where I've talked about how I've dealt with codependency, but I'm back in therapy and I'm seeing that codependency is still a thing for me. It is definitely something that um, if you find yourself to be codependent, it's something that you will deal with off and on your whole life. Um, And at this time, I'm noticing that I have a codependent relationship with my job. And I didn't even notice it until I started talking to my therapist. And we would just talk about how I would... um, let what other people said about me or let mistakes that I made in my job mean something about me. So if I wasn't 100% perfect, it would feel like I'm not a good social worker. Or if I messed up, it would feel like I'm not good enough. So the things that happened on the job were indicators to me of my worth. Um, And that's, that's a codependent relationship where you... You give too much um, and you depend on something else to give you your validation and your worth. And so I just want to give y'all some some tidbits that I learned in therapy and that I learned um, from this book. So the first thing I want to tell y'all is my therapist said that the definition of codependency is when a person gives too much, tries too hard, and does things for others they can and should do for themselves. She said, when we do that for people, they grow to hate us. It is our job to meet our own needs. We don't, um, if we don't get our needs met, we die. And y'all, those statements were so powerful to me. I was taking notes as she was talking because I was just like, girl, like, oh my gosh, that sounds like me and my job. I feel like I'm doing too much. I'm giving too much. Um, and there's a lot of pressure being put on me to do so anyway, but I'm doing things at my job that should be done by other people. And then when I get blamed for it, I feel a sense of like, I'm not good enough or like there's something wrong with me. So, um, in the book, Codependency, uh, No More, there are two chapters that I want to talk to y'all about. The first one is on expectations. Um, And I'll just read a little bit of what stood out to me. So in the book, they say, we all have notions about how we want things to turn out and how we want people to behave. It's better to relinquish expectations or to control the outcome of events. Take responsibility of your expectations Talk about your expectations. If they involve other people, talk about them. See if they have similar expectations. 
See if your expectations are realistic. For example, expecting healthy behavior from unhealthy people is futile. Let it go. If you're constantly dis- disappointed, it's a possibility you have a problem with another person or a situation. Expectations can be clues to what you want and need. When we have expectations, we will know that they are being met. We have the right to expect good things and appropriate behaviors, but expectations belong to um but our expectations belong to us and we are not always boss. Expectations are disappointments waiting to happen. Don't let your expectations interfere with reality or spoil the good things. Oh my goodness, that one was so deep because we I've heard so many times like don't have expectations, don't have expectations, expect nothing. And it's like while that is what everybody will hope to have because without expectations you're no you're not disappointed, like there's nothing that can let you down because you didn't expect anything. So all you have is room to be excited and surprised. It's still like, but as humans, we still want things and expect for things to go certain ways. And we still expect for people to treat us a certain way. And when people do not, or when we get disappointed, they can be a clue to this environment or this person or this situation does not align with me. Right. So you it's kind of like knowing your standards and your values and expectations are a part of it. So, for example, expecting to be treated, expecting for someone to be honest with you in a committed relationship like that could be an expectation that you all have agreed upon. We expect for one another to be honest, even when it's hard. And so, therefore, you know that when that when that is not happening, that there's a problem. There's something that needs to be addressed. But an expectation in order to in order to make sure that you're not being constantly disappointed, it the book is saying to communicate the expectations to the people that you expect them from. So, like, if you just have expectations and nobody knows about them, but you yeah, you're going to be disappointed because you haven't vocalized it and agreed upon it with another person. So if you're in a relationship and you expect for a person not to lie to you, it's best to agree on those expectations. That way, when that doesn't happen, then you both have an understanding of why there's a problem here. But if you just expect for a person not to lie to you um, or not to cheat on you, or anything, like, sometimes those things just have to be said. Um, Not saying that it's okay for anybody to lie and to cheat on you if you haven't clearly said that. I think it's okay to expect that people have human decency. But at the same time, when you when you know that you expect something and you see that another person is obviously... Um, moving differently than how you would have expected for them to, then that's the opportunity for you to say your expectations. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should you should al- allow people to lie and cheat on you because you haven't set your expectations. I'm saying that you can expect it, and then if it doesn't happen, or then if the expectation is not met, 
that's an opportunity to address it. However that is, whether that's you you have the audacity to even do anything like this, I'm done, or let me communicate this to you so it doesn't happen again, or let's communicate about it so we can see if our expectations are different. Maybe we had a misunderstanding about something. It's really just simple as that. Um, because like she said, we have the right to expect good things and appropriate behaviors. You have the right to expect that someone won't lie to you. You have the right to expect that someone won't cheat on you. That's your right. So I think that that really spoke to me because um, I don't think that I had a lot of clarity on having the right to expect things. Um, and we have, like I said, we've heard it so much where they say don't have expectations or keep your expectations low. But honestly, like just communicating them and talking them out, I feel like was the biggest point that I took away from that chapter. And then the next one was take off your running shoes. Y'all, this was about intimacy, okay? And she basically says that people want to be intimate, but they're scared of intimacy because the fear of intimacy outweighs the love and the joy that intimacy can bring. And that's how we become emotionally unavailable. Like, I don't even want to give my vulnerability or give my heart to anybody because they have that puts you that makes you vulnerable that makes you vulnerable to rejection to heartbreak so oh my gosh let me read y'all what they said about this one so she says um people want to be close to people um and people want intimacy but the fear of intimacy can overpower our desire for intimacy it feels safer to be alone. It can feel safer not to love. We don't risk the pain of loving. We don't risk the pain of being trapped in relationships that don't work. We don't risk rejection of expressing our emotions. Love and closeness challenge our deepest fear, whether it's okay to be and whether it's okay to be ourselves. Love is the biggest risk a person can take. Relationships require self-acceptance and the acceptance of others. Love brings joy and warmth, but also requires us to be hurt from rejection. Many of us push people away so they won't so they won't be close to us. So they won't want to be close to us. We reject people before they even have a chance to reject us. We scatter our emotions and energy among so many relationships we are so we are not close to anyone. We can trust ourselves about who to live, about who to love and who to trust. It's okay to be ourselves around people. We can open up and be honest. We can handle rejection from time to time. We can learn when it's safe to trust people. We can take off our running shoes. Oh my goodness. Like, that's so true on so many aspects, especially for my people that are hyper independent, where you have so many hats, like your super mom, your super employee, your super, you know, community member, whatever group you're in, or whatever organization you're in. Like you got so many hats 
Um, and sometimes that can be a mechanism for being unavailable. Like you can spread yourself so thin or you can have so many relationships, so many friendships or uh, close relationships where you got your, your schedule is so booked up that you don't actually have true time to become intimate with a person and to be vulnerable and to love somebody on a deeper level because you have like, I got a couple hours for you, a couple hours for you. I may see you on this day. And it's like that prevents you from actually getting close to somebody. But the underlying reason for that is that you are afraid of intimacy. You are afraid of love, which is okay. Especially when love has been something that has not been safe for you. When you've been hurt in love, when people have mistreated you and misused you and taken your love for granted, like it, it's understandable. And so for her to say, you know, we, we can trust ourselves to know who to love. We can trust ourselves to heal from heartbreak. I think that's the biggest fear, especially when you're codependent. You don't trust yourself. Like you're constantly depending on another person to say you are enough, you are smart enough, you are wise enough. So the the relationship with yourself is already off. So then when you become, when you start loving somebody else, when you at least think about it or try to, it's like, mm, I don't know if I'm picking the right person. I don't know if this is the right time. Like, it's easy to not trust yourself, so we avoid it altogether. And that's what I'm gathering from that chapter right there. Um, but to hear the encouraging words that we can we can trust ourselves, we can take off our running shoes, like we can love. It's really empowering. And so the book has just so many good chapters. I'll probably be bringing out some more. But... I also want to share um, something else that my therapist has told me that's kind of helped me take back my agency. When, Like when I said it comes uh, to things being empowering, like, ha- like knowing that it's okay to have expectations and knowing that, you know, expectations can be clues, but also having them responsibly and communicating and talking about them when expectations are not being met. And knowing that it's okay to be intimate and to be close to somebody and knowing that you can trust yourself to know who is who is right enough for you to be vulnerable with and show your real self with. Like we could choose, we we make good decisions. But then also knowing that you're strong enough to handle it if you don't. If you made the right decision, but you realize that, you know, maybe this person isn't looking for the same thing you're looking for. So those are very empowering statements. But another thing that my my therapist gave me was uh, four statements that help set boundaries and give you back your agency when it comes down to, um, I guess, setting your expectations. And I want to share those with y'all. Because I think that it can help somebody else too. So she says, she told me my homework assignment was to finish these four sentences. And one is, I am willing to do this. 
I am not willing to do that. This is what I must have. And this is what I cannot live without. So for me, I had to come up with those statements in regards to my job because I'm learning to set clear boundaries with my job. <laughs> uh, so I said, I am willing to go to work, work my eight hours, have my lunch break and go home. I am not willing to work past the time that I have been asked to work that I've been scheduled to work. I am not willing to come in early without any extra form of compensation or unless it, unless I want to. Um, this is what I must have. I must have, um, I must have a safe space to voice when I need things at my job for example, more guidance on issues or um, just clear direction when it comes down to being confused about things. I must have a direct line of communication with my supervisor um, in order to get guidance. And I must have um, compensation for my work. This is what I could not live without. I cannot live without sleep. <laughs> I cannot live with I cannot live without quality sleep. I cannot live without food. I cannot live without air. So when I think about those statements, I realize that what's important to me is safety, health, and time. And so that really does feel like empowering because it makes me clear on what I need and what I will not receive, what I will not um, stand for, what I'm not willing to do. And the only thing you can control is yourself, your house, your car, your money, and your behavior. So those are the only things you can control. So I think the statements really put a focus on the serenity prayer, which is accepting the things that you cannot control, you know, focusing on the things you can and having the wisdom to know the difference. So it's like a lot of times when we can't immediately change our situation, we can change the way we think about it and we can change the way we interact with things. And I think that that's what this that's what this book and this this therapy session has really taught me is like changing the way I interact with my job, with people, with my expectations, with intimacy, with love. Like you can't always immediately change your situation in your environment, but you can change the way you interact with it. And when I say just practicing those statements about everything, like anything that bothers you, that you feel like you don't have a lot of control over, you realize how much control you really have over yourself. And, and it's just, it's liberating. So I hope this episode helped y'all. Um, I hope that y'all have a chance to listen to the book 
um, codependency no more. You can get it for free on a lot of different apps on their 30-day trial. Right now, I'm listening to it on Scripts, but you can listen to it on audiobooks, Audible. I think Amazon audiobooks may have it for free. So just, you know, you get it from your local library. But Codependency No More is such a good book, and I recommend it to anybody. Um, So that's pretty much all I have this week. I hope that y'all take something from it and leave the rest. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to y'all on another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. Bye. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please like it on whatever platform that you listen to this podcast. Leave a comment and share the podcast on social media platforms using the hashtag Poetry for Black Girls. I'll talk to y'all on another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. Bye.